0: I really believe that God has um, some good things. I've known it's going to be a good night and just experiencing that worship and just the stories. I love testimonies of hearing what God is doing. In the lives of his people and you know this has been a great a great series that we've been in hot sign your soul and it really it applies to all of us right because we all like crispy cream donuts and if you don't something's wrong with you I think that's just me you know um, but really what this series is about is about discipleship. And we all need Jesus to change us, right? To get us ready for when we meet Him face to face. And, you know, we need Him to save us, but it's about that changing work, step by step of sanctification that He does in our lives. And so this has been a a great series, and I'm excited tonight to get to share with us um, in that regard as well. To get us started, I really want to uh, tell you a Krispy Kreme story about myself, yeah. So we've been kind of using that as a backdrop, this whole hot sign now, or hot, hot now. Yeah, <laughs> I just get that confused in my head, but you know, for as long as I can remember, I mean, like little, little thing, I have loved Krispy Kreme donuts, but that's not always brought about good results either. And I want to tell you a story about that, and we'll rewind back to the time that I was about eight years old. And let me tell you a couple of things about myself to help the story uh, make sense. So when I was younger, uh, growing up, I was a competitive swimmer, and I was really serious about it. And I was very serious about winning, especially. So that's pretty important to this story. And then also... I was just one of those kids that didn't get in trouble very much, and it's not really because I was so obedient just for the purity of obedience, but it really was more about I was a rule follower because I just liked for people to be happy with me. So there was a whole people-pleasing element in that, but I can really only think of a handful of times that I directly disobeyed my parents, and one of them was over a Krispy Kreme donut. (laughs) So I was at this swim meet, I was about eight years old, and it was, a, it was a really important swim meet too, and I had already had like two Krispy Kreme donuts, and if you've ever done swim meets, you know that they last like all day long, and kids just want to eat the whole time, but it's not good for you because you've got to swim these races and all of that. So it's early morning, I've already had two Krispy Kreme donuts, and I can remember standing at the gate, looking up at my mother and begging her to please let me go back to the concession stand and get another one. But she was saying no. And so I was saying things like, but mom, I'll I'll spend my own money. When we get home, I'll pay you back. And she was like, no, Sharon. And I said, but I'm really, really hungry. You know, I started all of that stuff. And she's like, I'm sorry. I brought you other food. You can come and get it, but I want a donut. And so we went round and round. You know how that's like if you're a parent, you know, because kids can be very tenacious with that. And she would not let me have another donut. So I got pretty upset. And, and I just kind of walked off, you know. And I'm walking with my head hanging low, and look what was on the ground. It was not a donut. <laughs> But it was a dollar, and back in the 70s, a dollar wouldn't buy just one Krispy Kreme donut at the concession stand. It would buy at least two, so I was like, man, I've hit the jackpot, so I grabbed that thing, and there might as well have been a hot now sign over the concession stand because that is right where my feet went, and I plopped that dollar down, got me two donuts, ate them as fast as I could because I knew that I was not supposed to be eating those donuts. And I did not want my mom to see. I knew that it was not a good idea for me to be eating them because I would not race well in a little bit if I ate that donut. But you know what? I didn't care at all because those sweet donuts were so good. And I, I really, really wanted them. I don't know if you've ever been in a place like that, right? Has anybody ever been there? You know what? Over the years, I have talked to a lot of people who have convictions about things or there's certain ways that they believe they're supposed to be. But in a moment, when something is available to them that their desire just wants, their desire will win out over their conviction. And that's certainly what happened to me that day. And, and you know what? There's a, there is a need, I, I really believe, for preaching. And we do that a lot here at City Life. Um, preaching about learning how to rule our soul. Because, you know, God, when he puts his spirit inside of us, he doesn't do that so we can just keep walking around just fulfilling our desires. It's so that we can learn to walk by the spirit. And so I am so about that, and God has done such a work in my life, still working it out with me with Krispy Kreme. I mean, when we had the donuts here a few weeks ago, Pastor Fred brought them, that was a really bad night for me because I don't eat sugar most of the time during the week. Sunday is my sugar day, and we have church Saturday, so... I ate two donuts. So even then, I still didn't, didn't do too well. So sanctification still needs to happen there. But you know, God, God gives us that power. So we're still, you know, I'm, I'm right there with you. I'm, I'm learning this. And, and I thought tonight... You know, when, when Pastor Fred asked me to, to preach tonight, I thought that that's what I was going to be speaking about, about just learning how to rule our soul and walk through this discipleship and sanctification, because God has done such a work in my life in that. But a few weeks ago, when Pastor Fred was speaking and he was talking about the pathways, God really just spoke to my heart and changed the plan. Now, we know at, at City Life, when we talk about the pathways, that we're talking about that praxis model of discipleship. That we honor as a church, and it's so good. You know, it's built around those four numbers: 1, 6, 12, and 24. If I accept the invitation, that one invitation of Christ, then I must obey the six commands of, of Christ. And, and to obey them, then I need to walk in those 12 pathways of discipleship of Jesus. And then as I do that, I'm going to become those 24 virtues. And so it's such a, it's such a good model for us to follow. And we've been looking at That as a church, as a whole, over these last few weeks. But tonight, what I really believe is that the Lord wants us to zoom in on one of the pathways, and that's the pathway of Scripture. And I think He's gonna give a little spin on this whole idea of hot signing your soul. So we're gonna use the chapter of Psalm 119. If you've got a Bible, you might wanna open up to that tonight. It's a chapter that really highlights the the value of God's word. And when we say scripture, what we're saying is that scripture is the written down word of God. The Bible, from cover to cover. And we believe that that is God's word. Now, you might not believe that. I know there's a lot of people in the world that don't believe that this is really God's truth. But it is true. This is the written-down Word of God. It's fascinating to study how Scripture came to be written as the Holy Spirit inspired men over, over a wide span of years in different places, and yet this thing fits together in such an amazing way, and the way that God preserved it over all these years to put it in our hands to where we really have access to His Word. And, you know, when you get to the place where you really do believe that, this respect for the Word of God really kind of rises up in your heart. But see, tonight, I believe God wants to call us, yes, to respecting His Word as, as uh, Scripture, as His Word. But I know that He also wants to call us beyond that. To where we develop an affection in our heart for the word of God, that we actually love it so much that we will walk in it on this pathway day after day. God actually used David to write Psalm 119. And in verse 103, this is what he says How sweet are your words to my taste, yes, sweeter than honey to my mouth. I don't know if you see the suffix on the second time that word sweet is used, it says sweeter. See, it doesn't say, how sweet are your words to my taste? Yeah, it's like honey in my mouth. There's this definite one-up going on, okay? He's saying, how sweet are your words to my taste? Yes, sweeter than honey in my mouth. Now, what, what is honey? Well, I, I believe that honey here is really a representation of all the sweet things of life. Sweet things like Krispy Kreme, even though they didn't have them back there in that time. They had something, you know, that tasted good to them that they really liked, So sweet things like that, but sweet things like anything in this life that is just a a good gift of God that gives us pleasure. I mean, God is the giver of all good gifts. He loves to see us as his children, enjoying um, enjoying those things in, in this life. But you know what? There are things in this life that are like honey, that those sweet things But what David is really saying is, I've tasted of those things, and what I've come to know and experience is that God's word is actually sweeter than those things. That's a really big statement. Because there are some things in this life, and it might be different for each of us, that are really, really sweet. So I want us to think about that. And I want us to think and ponder that idea of the hot sign as well. Because I told you earlier, I lost that day when I was eight years old, I lost my conviction about pleasing my parents, about winning my race, all because there was a Krispy Kreme donut that looked so sweet to me. I decided that day that that Krispy Kreme donut, or actually two of them, were sweeter to me than winning a race or having my parents' approval. But what if we could get to the place where we decide and we realize, like David, that God's word is what is actually sweeter. So that whenever we see a sign over God's word saying it's available to us, it's ready, you can come and you can have some of it. Maybe that might be like your Bible sitting on the table and you walk by and you see it and you sense the Holy Spirit saying pick it up and spend some time with me. Maybe it's at the beginning of the year at City Life when the invitation is given to read through the Bible or an invitation maybe to memorize Scripture with some people or that prompting in your heart from the Holy Spirit. Hey, why don't you get up an hour earlier and get in my word? Or, you know, whatever it looks like as far as the Holy Spirit just Putting that that sign over the word of God and saying, I have something that I want to say to you. What if it was like that hot now sign and it was like, that is so sweet. I cannot resist it. Because see, that's what a hot now sign is. It's an opportunity. It's saying, hey, they're ready. Ready. Don't you want them? You can't live without this. you got to have this. And so you give up everything else to say, yeah, I do, and you run for it, and you go after it. So what if our hearts became so alive to the Word of God, so affectionate to the Word of God, that whenever the Holy Spirit lit it up, whatever way that is, and we know He can do it in all kinds of ways, that we're like, i got to be in the Word. i got to walk in this pathway of Scripture. How do you get there, though? How do you get to a place where your heart gets that big that you love the word of God so much? I really believe, I'm so convinced uh, that we need to talk about this as the body of Christ, not just here at City Life tonight, but, but yes, here at City Life tonight and as the body of Christ, because I don't believe as the body of Christ we love the word of God like we should. I really don't. You know, I, I think we get caught up so often in the words of man And and we get it all mixed up. And yeah, a lot of times the words of man are good, but they're not near as good as what we could have if we would get in the Word and walk in this pathway of Scripture. And what really happens when we get in the Word and start walking in the pathway of Scripture, the Word of God starts to get into us. So how do we get there? You know, I think we get there with one step after another on the pathway of God's word. And the more we walk down that pathway, the more we experience its sweetness and the more we want more and more. Just like you've already had two Krispy Kreme donuts, but you gotta have another one because you just can't stop. And God's word is definitely sweeter than those. That's really been the story of my own journey. And I know some of you probably know my story, some of you don't. I'm gonna recap it just kind of briefly for you. But I became a Christian when I was eight years old. But really, the first 21 years of my life, I did not walk on the, pathway, um, on the pathway of Scripture. Now, that's not to say that I never opened my Bible or that I didn't have a Bible or I didn't know anything about the Bible. I had a Bible. It actually had my name on the front of it, and I carried it with me every time I went to church. And I did grow up going to church into youth group. We were pretty much there every time the doors were open. I I, I grew up going to camp and learning Bible stories, and, and I went to church, and I listened to my pastor and my teachers. I even graduated from Bible college. But I can tell you, for the first 21 years of my Christian life, my feet very rarely stepped onto the pathway of Scripture. Now you might think, but how is that so? Because you were doing all of those things with your Bible. But you know what? The pathway of Scripture is more than having a Bible, listening to somebody teach about the Bible, maybe reading your Bible every now and then. It's definitely doing those things and more, but it's doing them with an open heart and a willingness to be taught by the Holy Spirit, realizing that what we're partaking of is actually the word of God. It's the voice of God in my life. And you're just so uh, desirous to hear from God that your heart is fully open. So you can read your Bible, but if you're not having an open heart to hear and know that He, the God of heaven, is going to speak to you, then you're really not walking on the pathway of Scripture. You're just reading a book. But see, this isn't a book. And you know, this is one of the best things the Lord ever taught me, that this is not a book. And that's hard for us to grasp, because it looks like a book. And you buy it in a bookstore, or you put it on your devices and book apps and things like that, but this isn't a book. This is the living, active word of God, and it is a treasure. Somebody told me one time, and this helped me understand so much, this is the language that God speaks. So if I want to be able to hear and converse and understand what God is speaking, it's like learning a language, and that's not easy sometimes. But it's definitely worth it because it opens up this pathway of communication. And that's what the pathway of scripture really is. It's a communication where the heaven, the God of heaven can actually speak to me. For so long in my life, I respected the word of God. I knew it was a really important book that we used at church. I really didn't understand it very much, so I kind of just sat back and thought, well, I'll let people that do understand it kind of teach me, and I'll, I'll kind of listen. But I really didn't open up my heart to let God speak to me through it. But I'll tell you, all of that changed as I walked through a season in my life that I got desperate to hear from heaven. Man's words would not make it for me anymore. See, in my 20s, life got pretty hard. And I even came to the point, uh, probably in my latter 20s, that I realized I need to be in God's Word. I knew that. And I would try. I would, I would make um, decisions. Okay, I'm going to read my Bible every day. And I'd do it, you know, for a week or so, and then I'd fall off. And, and finally, I can remember, especially in my latter 20s, just throwing my hands up in the air and basically saying, God... I know I need to be in your word. I know I need to be reading. I know I need to be loving your word, but I cannot do it on my own. Would you give me a love for your word? And I can tell you, out of his mercy, not because I deserved it, it's totally the mercy of God. That's what he did for me. At age 29, one morning, I woke up, and literally, there was like a hot now sign Over the Word of God. Now, I don't mean that literally there was a sign, but I mean that the Holy Spirit was shining a light on the Word of God and inviting me to spend some time with Him. And it was all I could do to get that Bible open because in my heart, something had changed. And I knew that God's Word was sweeter. God did that for me. I didn't do that for myself. I couldn't do that for myself, but he gave me a fond affection for his word, and my life has never been the same. That day, I started walking on the pathway of scripture, being in God's word to learn of him and listen of him, and then respond to him as he spoke to me, and then listen to him some more. It opened up the conversation, and the more I learned of his word, the more I understood of what he meant, because I was learning his language. And I can tell you you every step that he's that I take when I hear him speak it just makes me long for more because I've come to realize nothing in this world is as sweet to me as hearing from heaven it revives my soul like nothing can so tonight all that to introduce what I think God really has to say he wants to talk to us tonight about how sweet his word is and here's our prayer as he does That he would meet every one of us wherever we're at. Because, you know, we're all in different places tonight. There are people in this room, you are walking deeply on the pathway of Scripture. You are hearing heaven speak to you every day. There are some of us in this room who sometimes we walk the pathway of Scripture. And there are some of us in this room probably tonight who have never set our foot before on the pathway of Scripture. God wants to meet every one of us exactly where we're at tonight and move our steps a little further. Because there are depths to be explored from the heart of God, no matter how deeply we're already walking. So let's pray. God, we just pray tonight, Lord, that you would meet us. You already have, Lord. Your presence has been here so richly tonight. And so, God, I know that you're going to speak to each one of us tonight from your word. Lord, would you just break open our hearts, God, tonight with a fond affection? We don't deserve it, God. Every one of us have probably gone astray and listened to the words of man more than we've listened to you. But God, tonight, would you open up our hearts to love your word? Would you surprise us with that love? Would you surprise us with the fond affection in our heart for your word tonight, God? Move us along on this pathway of scripture, Lord. We know it's for our good. And may it be for your glory. In Jesus' name, amen. Okay. So Psalm 119, that's where we're going to be. I know your Bible's been waiting there for a minute. Let me tell you just a few quick things about that Psalm and we'll jump in here. It's the longest chapter in the Bible. It's 176 verses, so we're not going to do all of it, I promise you, okay? Also, David, I believe, it's divided up into sections. I believe that David wrote all the sections. There are different viewpoints about that, but that's my belief. And so when I'm talking about it tonight, that's the way we're going to refer to it as him writing all of it. Also, if you've read through it before, you know this, but uh, it uses different words to describe God's Word. It'll use the word law, word of God, judgments, precepts, statutes, ordinances, all those things. They're all referring to the Word of God. They're just talking about the different kinds of words of God. And it's a study for another day, but did want to mention that. But the main objective of what we really want to see happen tonight is we're going to walk through this psalm. We're going to stop at some places. But if we can think of it like this, that we're going with David on a walk down the pathway of Scripture— And he's going to be pointing out to us some of the sweet places that he's found in the word of God. And I know that many of them are going to resonate in our hearts. Either we've also found those sweet places or we're like, wow, I didn't know the word of God could do that for me. And it's going to open up our hearts to that. So it starts off like this. He says, how blessed are those whose way is blameless, who walk in the law of the Lord. How blessed are those who observe his testimonies, who seek him with all their heart. He starts off at the very beginning saying, it's so good to walk in the pathway of Scripture. And then he starts just telling about what he's seen on that pathway. The very first thing, that, or the very first stop we're going to make is verses 5 and 6. He says, oh, that my ways may be established to keep thy statutes. Then I will not be ashamed when I look upon all thy commandments. See, one of the reasons David knows the word of God is sweet is because it helps us to avoid shame. When you're walking in the pathway of Scripture day after day, you get a heavy dose often of the gospel of Jesus Christ. And it helps your mind to be renewed to know, I am saved by Jesus. I don't have to be in this striving place of trying to earn my salvation or feeling like a loser today because I totally blew it. No, I'm walking in the pathway of Scripture, and maybe today I did totally blow it, but I am continually given this, this word from God, him speaking to me and telling me about Jesus and how he loves me and how he saved me. It's all over the Bible. And so, you know, how many of us know it is horrible to try to do life under, with God under a cloak of shame? You, you just can't even have the relationship that Jesus died to give us. So when you're walking in the pathway of scripture, that is a sweet benefit to know no shame because the gospel is continually being ministered to you. But here's the other part about this that helps us to avoid shame when you're walking in the pathway of scripture your heart is open to being taught by the holy spirit being sanctified by him and he's going to direct your steps and he's not going to direct your steps down pathways that are going to lead to behaviors that are going to cause shame so it's just built into the program you walk on the pathway of scripture you're going to be getting the gospel you're also going to be avoiding behaviors that bring shame and so you just don't walk in shame and let me tell you as somebody who has walked in shame You don't want that. So that's just a sweet benefit of the Lord from walking in scripture. Verse number nine, how can a young man keep his way pure? By keeping it according to your word. This is such a good word for young people. You've been at camp, right? But church, listen, when you think about it, if we're gonna live for eternity with Jesus, I don't care, I'm 50 years old, but hey, I am young, right? And so we're all very young. So this is a word for all of us. If we want to keep our life pure, you know, in our culture today, it's so um, much a heightened conversation about, are you eating pure, organic this and that? And, you know, and I, and I think that's great. And I'm, I, I try to do that, too. But, you know, Jesus says it's not what we put into our bodies that, that makes us impure. It's what comes out of our bodies. And see, you know what? Our behaviors, our lifestyle, our words, all of these things, they get purified as we're walking in Scripture. It's just built into it because our hearts are open and we're letting God do his work. Verse 18 says this. It's another stop. Open my eyes that I may behold wonderful things from your law. How does David know to even ask God to open up his eyes? Like that there would be sight beyond his physical sight, spiritual sight. How does he know that when God um, opens his eyes, he's going to see wonderful things from his law? Probably because it's happened before. And he's going, wow, I want some more of that. Just like when you eat one Krispy Kreme donut, you want another one. And so that's what happens when you're in the word of God. Like I was saying earlier, you're walking down this pathway of scripture. The Lord is with you. It's not like you're on this pathway by yourself, trying to read your Bible and learn a bunch of stuff. That's not the pathway of scripture. The pathway of scripture is walking with the Lord, opening up your heart. He's right there. He's speaking to you. This is just the language that he uses. And so he starts talking to you about things that that the world doesn't even see. He opens your spiritual eyes, and it happens all the time. I see things in the word of God now that I would never see on my own. The Holy Spirit gives that to us, and it's just such a blessing. It's just sweet, and it makes you want more and more. You're like, wow, he showed me this yesterday. What are you going to show me today, God? Verse 25, it says, my soul cleaves to the dust. Revive me according to your word. You know, every one of us are prone to cleaving, like clinging to the dust, the stuff of this earth that's not going to last. It won't last. And David is saying, I don't want to be like that. So he says, revive me, God, according to your word. As I've been studying Psalm 119, I've seen how over and over again David says this, revive me, God, according to your word. See, we tend to cling to the dust, the things of this earth It's not going to last because we think it can revive us, but it can't. The words of the Lord can revive us. And when he does that, it's just sweet. And he does that as you walk down this pathway of scripture daily, opening up your heart, your life, your Bible to him. He speaks into it and he just revives your soul. You know what? His word also brings strength. I love this. In verse 28, he says, my soul weeps because of grief. Strengthen me according to your word. I'm here to tell you, I know, and God has been teaching me so much this summer, God has created us with a capacity way beyond what we think we are capable of. He has. He wants to build spiritual muscles in us. It's great to, to build our physical muscles. I mean, I, I, we are spirit, soul, and body. I think we, are, we need to take care of every part of who we are. But you know what? Really, this body is dust. It's not going to last, and so I want to build my, my physical muscles, but I want to build my spiritual muscles, and the Word of God is what does that. It, it helps us to lift heavy things in the kingdom of God, and we become strong way beyond what we know, and it's just sweet to feel strong spiritually. It also enlarges our heart. Verse 32 says, I shall run the way of your commandments, for you will enlarge my heart. God showed me a long time ago that left to myself, my heart is too small to do the things that God wants to do in my heart and through my heart. You know how he enlarges our hearts? He says it right here. I'm gonna run the way of your commandments. In other words, I'm gonna get on this pathway of scripture and God, you're gonna enlarge my heart. David knows that's what happens and that is what happens. And you know, I don't think this word run was just happenstance chosen, you know, because when you run, what you have to do is you have to get all in. It's not like just strolling along or riding a bike. Running requires everything that you have. So when you run the way of your commandments, you are all in on this pathway of scripture with the Lord, and he begins to enlarge your heart for things that are bigger than you even realize that that you're capable of, and, and the destiny that he really has for us. His word is so good. Look at verse 42, another stop. It says, So I shall have an answer for him who reproaches me, for I trust in your word. You know, if you've walked with the Lord for any amount of time, you know that you have an enemy of your soul, right? The enemy of our soul is Satan, and he does reproach us by belittling us, by condemning us, by lying to us, and we have to have an answer for him when he comes at us that way. What I have learned is this. The words of this world do not work when he's reproaching me. It's like a Nerf gun against a semi-automatic rifle. It doesn't work. A self-help book might be really good for me, and I might be liking it and being inspired by it, but it will not work against Satan's reproach of me. Only God's word will take him out. If we think about how did Jesus overcome the enemy? He overcame the enemy with the word of God. If he has to do that, I need to do that and so when the enemy is reproaching me I want to have an answer for him and you know how I get those answers by walking daily in the pathway of scripture so that when he shows up with all that 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 stuff that he tries to speak into my I have an answer because the word of God is in my heart it's on my lips it's in my head I've seen God being faithful to that word I know that word and so I boldly tell him off dismiss him and I'm done It's an answer for the one who reproaches us. Just one more benefit of walking in the pathway of Scripture. Another verse right here, verse 45. This is so good. I will walk at liberty, for I seek your precepts. How many of us want to be free? You know, isn't that a big word in our culture right now? Everybody wants to be free because it's built into who we are as people. God made us that way. When we walk in the precepts of the Lord, that's when we walk in freedom. Because it frees our minds to think like he thinks, to feel and experience life like he does. You know what? God is the only one who has the authority to grant freedom and to define freedom. And he does that by his precepts. But here's what happens a lot of times. We bumble down these other pathways thinking that we're going to find freedom. And what we're really doing is heading down a pathway to death. Years ago, I was, I was walking down the pathway of Scripture. I was in Proverbs 5, and I was um, just, you know, fellowshipping with the Lord, reading this, opening up my heart. And God really spoke to me. This, this passage, the first part of it, is about a father, and he's speaking to his son. The context is that he's talking to his son, and he's telling him, Stay away from the seductive woman. And listen to to how he describes her. He says, her steps go down to death. Her steps lay hold of hell. She doesn't ponder the path of life. Her ways are unstable and she does not know it. So this father is saying to his son, don't follow her. And the Lord said to me in that moment, it's so important that you learn how to ponder the path of life with me. Basically, what he was saying is, you've got to walk down this pathway with me and let me speak into your life so that you don't get caught up in pathways, not with maybe a seductive woman, but other pathways where I'm following, thinking, oh, that's going to make me free. And really, it's taking my footsteps to hell. And a lot of times, we try to define freedom by how we feel or how, how that makes um, you know, the situation feel to us. That doesn't define freedom. God's precepts define freedom. So when we walk the pathway of Scripture, we get a clear definition of freedom in our hearts. And we begin to experience that true freedom. And it's just so good. Just another sweet benefit. Look at verse 50. There's so many here. It's, th- this is what he says here in these three verses. He says, this is my comfort in my affliction that your word has revived me. The arrogant utterly deride me, yet I do not turn aside from your law. I've remembered your ordinances from of old, and I comfort myself. You know, sometimes we all have situations that utterly deride us. You know, it, it, it might be somebody like, you know, a, even a, a demon from hell arrogantly deriding us. Or it might just be a situation in this life that's arrogantly deriding us. And yes, we need answers in those moments. Yes, we we need wisdom in those moments. But we also need comfort, right? We just need somebody to put their arms around us and, and comfort us. And the body of Christ does that. And that's part of some of the other pathways too. And it's so good. But you know, also when you walk on the pathway of Scripture, you can learn how to find that comfort from the Lord. And really experience that as He speaks that comfort to you. What David is saying here is, and actually in verse fifty-five, if you keep reading, he says, "I remember Thy name in the night." So it's like whatever is going on is really hard. It's waking him up in the night, but he's saying, "I'm going back to what I know, what I've what I've learned as I've walked on this pathway with the Lord, what I've heard Him speaking to me." He's waking up in the night and he's speaking it to Himself, and he's finding comfort. And we can find such comfort from the Lord by hearing his voice speak to us this word comes alive it's living and active for us verse 64 says this the earth is full of your loving kindness O lord teach me your statutes now what are statutes statutes are boundary lines when we understand that god's statute lines are good lines for us what it does is it opens up our minds to see the loving kindness of the lord think about adam and eve You know, God drew a line. He said, enjoy all these trees, all this fruit. But there was a line, and he said, don't touch that. You know, don't eat from that one. They didn't obey his boundary line, and look what happened. And a lot of times, if we're not walking in the pathway of Scripture, we will get a mindset about God's boundary lines that are not true. We'll not see the loving kindness that comes from them. We'll look at them and think, oh, that's irrelevant, That's old. That's so outdated. No. And we miss the loving kindness of God as we step across those boundary lines. We bring death into our lives. But when we walk on the pathway of scripture, we know how to define those boundary lines. And we begin to have our eyes opened up to look at all the loving kindness of God that I get to experience when I walk with his lines in my life. It's just good for us. But if we're not walking in the pathway of scripture, we will not see that. It's just another reason why the word of God is so good. It's so sweet. Why our hearts should just expand with affection and say, I need some of that in my life. Verse 72 says, the law of your mouth is better to me than thousands of gold and silver pieces. How many of you would like thousands of gold and silver pieces? I would like that, okay? We understand, right? We understand the economy, how, how it works, how important that is. King David had wealth beyond what probably many of us will ever know, and yet he said, the word of God is sweeter, Right? He's been walking in Scripture, and so he knows how to appropriate things that are temporal and things that are eternal. And a lot of us in, in this world are going to come to the end of our life and realize we have nothing, and we've stored up nothing for eternity because we've been appropriating things different. The way that we can make sure that we're appropriating the economy for our eternal future is to walk in the pathway of Scripture because it helps us to have a clear mind of eternal mindset to store up our treasures in heaven instead of on this earth, to put those things in their proper places. It's not that we can't enjoy the gold and silver here, but they certainly pale in comparison to what we will experience and need to store up there. The Bible tells us the gold and silver of this world will pass away, but the word of God will remain forever. Verse 75, says this, I know, O Lord, that your judgments are righteous and that in faithfulness you have afflicted me. I really believe the Lord has this for somebody here tonight specifically. See, a lot of times we're going through an affliction. And I I know some of us in this room tonight are even afflicted with something that's really hard. And many times what we tend to do is in those afflictions, even believers and even people who don't believe in God, when something really hard hits our life, we will throw our hands up to heaven and go, God, how could you let this happen to me? That is the worst thing we could ever do because it separates us from God. But see, when we're in the word of God, when we're walking in the pathway of scripture and his voice is continually speaking into our lives, he gives us a perspective to be able to say, I know, O Lord, that your judgments are righteous and that in faithfulness you have afflicted me. In other words, this stinks. This hurts like hell, but I know that you're doing something better. I know that you've got something good for me on the other side because you've been walking long enough in the pathway of Scripture to know that God is good, to know whatever he's doing, he's sovereign and in control. And if you don't have the voice of heaven speaking into your ear like over and over and over again all day long, if you're going through an affliction, I can guarantee you the voice of that affliction is gonna be speaking in your other ear. And you're gonna miss that, and you're gonna start separating yourself from God and thinking that God's out to get you. You need the pathway of scripture to wash your mind in those afflictions, and we all have them. So it's so good to make sure that we're protected from that separation that afflictions can bring and know God's faithfulness even in those hard, hard seasons. Next one here, verse 87. Another sweet spot. It says, they almost destroyed me on the earth, but as for me, I did not forsake your precepts. You know what the word does for us? It gives us endurance. David was going through some really hard affliction. He had highs, but he had lows. It got really hard. He said, they almost destroyed me. You know what I believe kept him? The precepts of the Lord kept him. Verse 89 is probably one of my favorite verses in this whole chapter. It says, forever, O Lord, your word is settled in heaven. One of the reasons God's word is so sweet is because it's a forever word. It's not going to change. You can stand on it and know at the end of your life it's still going to be the same word. It's always going to be true. Earlier this year, as I was walking on the pathway of Scripture, and I was wrestling with God, we were having a conversation over several days about something, and I was having a hard time with what he was saying, and a hard time with actually living that out in my life, because it's not what my flesh wanted. And I got to this verse, I was memorizing some in Psalm 119, and and the, the Holy Spirit just spoke so loud to me, and he said, Sharon, my word is settled in heaven. What you've got to decide is, do you want it to be settled in you? And see, that's a choice we all get to make. But if we're not walking in the pathway of Scripture, we won't even try to settle it. And and we'll miss it. And, And we'll just settle all these other words that aren't lasting and aren't eternal in our lives. And then it's going to come that day when the Bible says that every knee will bow. And we will settle it. So let's let it be now instead of later. So, so important for us. Verse 92 says this. If your law had not been my delight, then I would have perished in my affliction. Wow. You know, God's word keeps us. And I can tell you from experience, if the word of God had not become my delight, if he had not mercifully given me a heart for his word, I really believe I wouldn't be alive today. I was so tormented with depression and anxiety and so much garbage in my heart and my mind. I would have perished in my affliction. And so one of the reasons why the scripture is so sweet to me is because we can know his word will keep us. It will rescue us from ourselves. It's so good to know that we have that safe place and that rescue for us. There's so many of these verses here. You know, you can know you can have victory too. Verse 98 says that your commandments make me wiser than my enemies for they are ever mine. One of the sweetest things about walking in the pathway of Scripture is you develop a fortress of wisdom against any enemy. I mean, enemies can be people, but enemies can be things that we battle in our lives, too. Depression, lack, even ourselves. We can be our own worst enemy sometimes. As you walk in the law of the Lord, as you walk in His Scripture, He builds that wisdom in your heart. I can remember back 21 years ago coming across uh, Psalm 27, 13, and 14 as I was walking this pathway of Scripture with the Lord. And God gave me a wisdom over the depression in my life. And I can tell you for 21 years I have not fallen into that pit of depression again. And I don't believe that I ever will. Because the Lord made me wiser than the enemy of depression. God did that for me Through his word. And whatever enemy we have as we walk with him, it's alive and active. He knows what our enemies are. We don't have to... Try to find what verse and all. Yeah, we need to dig in, but the Lord will speak those things to us. He can speak the craziest of things out of of passages that we think we already know. He can bring out whole new wonderful things from stories we've known since we were this big and show us a whole new angle that can make you wiser than your enemy. Just open up our Bibles with an open heart and God can speak to us and do amazing things. Verse 99 says, I have more insight than all my teachers for your testimonies are my meditation. Having knowledge is one thing. Insight comes from the Lord, and God gives that. Verse 100, I understand more than the aged because I observe your precepts. We don't have to be young and stupid. We can have a wisdom way beyond our years. It gives us purity, the word of God does. It also gives us wisdom. Verse 101, I've restrained my feet from every evil way that I may keep your word. When we walk in the pathway of scripture, we learn how to train our feet, how to walk in righteousness and stay away from the evil path. We actually don't just know those things, what sin is and what its isn't, but we know how to make sure that our feet are walking in righteous pathways. And you know, one of the reasons we can do that is because the very next verse says, I'm not turned aside from your ordinances for you're the one who taught me you yourself taught me. Because when you walk on the pathway of scripture, it's God himself speaking these things. And you know, it's kind of hard when when you know the God of heaven has spoke to you to disobey. If you really have a fondness and affection for him, and we do, we sang that tonight, right? Jesus, we love you. So when he's the one speaking and teaching us into our hearts, we want to obey him. It builds it into our lives. I think we're going to skip through some of these here. I know we've got some of the slides. Let me just see, um, because I know, we're getting behind a little bit. Um, let's see which ones we want to not do. There's so many that are, that are so good. Let, let's jump on ahead to, um, hmm, let's go to verse 133. That's one of my favorites. It says, establish my footsteps in your word so sin won't have power over me. Establish my footsteps. You know, the ministry that I work in uh, is, is built on, on this verse, but What happens when we walk in the pathway of Scripture and our feet get established in that is that sin stops having so much power over us. Not just our own sin, but the sin of other people, too. Because how many of us know our sin's bad enough, but when other people's sin is rubbing off on our lives, that's really bad, too. And and we need to be careful to realize when we sin, we can't ever delude ourselves into thinking that, okay, this is only going to affect me, because it doesn't. There's a trickle-down effect of sin that, that goes really far. And, and that's a lie from the pit of hell that it's only going to affect you. It never does. It always affects other people, even if you're not aware of it. But see, when we walk in the pathway of Scripture, that power of sin gets undone. It's a work of God in our lives. And sometimes we can't even calculate every step or realize how he's done it. But we, we wake up one morning and we're like, Wow. That doesn't have the power over me that it used to. Let me tell you what God has done for my soul. It's just such such a good, good thing in that. You know, um, verse 147 and 148, I'm not going to go all the way into it, but it really lets us know that the word of God is available to us at all times. All times. Morning and night. I can wake up in, in the morning. I can be in the night crying out all the time. It just makes it sweet that it's available to me in that way. Verse 165, this is so good. Those who love your law have great peace and nothing causes them to stumble. Great peace. Don't we want peace? Don't we want peace? I mean, this desire alone for peace should get our feet walking on the pathway of Scripture. Because do you see what this says? It says great peace peace. Not just peace, but great peace. And it also says nothing causes them to stumble. So not only does that give me peace for today, but it also gives me peace for the future. Because we can sit in our minds and dream up all these scenarios of how bad things could get, right? But nothing will cause us to stumble away from that peace when we're walking in the power of God's word. Verse 168 says this, I keep your precepts and your testimonies for all my ways are before you. I can tell you there have been times in my life that I've hidden from God. I've just hid from him. I might have even been going to church, even serving in some of those times, but I, in my heart I was thinking, God can't see this. You know, but that is such a delusion. When you walk in the word of God over and over again, he will speak to you. He sees you. He sees everything about us. And that's a good thing. It's so good to be clean and open before the Lord, not hiding. There's no hiding with him. Hebrews tells us that we're open and laid bare before him. And there's something so good about coming clean before God and knowing he sees me and he loves me. See, the word will continue to minister that grace to us, even in those places of correction. Hiding is such hard work. It's so much better to just be open before him. Which takes us right to this last verse. It says, I've gone astray like a lost sheep. Seek your servant, for I do not forget your commandments. You now the Bible tells us that all of us are like sheep who have gone astray sheep are just dumb animals (laughs) even in all of our smartness we just do life dumb sometimes we mess things up even when we're walking in the pathway of scripture it doesn't make us perfect it's just part of how god sanctifies our lives he's still working things through and so david himself said god i'm not forgetting your commandments but i've messed up again come find me see his commandments are not just the things that we're supposed to do he also commands his grace his mercy and his salvation over our lives so we can know through his word and he'll minister to this to us as we walk on this pathway and keep our hearts open to his voice that every time we call him he's gonna come he's gonna he's gonna be with us and that's just so sweet to know i don't ever have to be lost my savior will always come and find me and the word will minister that in my life there's so much goodness in the pathway of scripture so much sweeter than any honey of this earth and you know this isn't even all the goodness we didn't even get to go through all the ones that I had planned tonight and we weren't even going to stop at all the stops and this is just one chapter that tells us how good God's scripture is for us it's so beneficial so if we see that why do we stay away from it Why don't we walk on it every single day? Why did I struggle so many years to make the pathway of Scripture a part of my life? And even now, I have to keep that prayer before the Lord. Open my heart to your word. Enlarge my heart. Because I'm like a dumb sheep who goes astray. And that's the answer to our question, so are you. We easily go astray. We need to be reminded how good the pathway of Scripture is for us. And so hopefully tonight, that's what this has been for us, a reminder, or maybe an invitation for the first time to get in the Word of God that is so, so good for us. Certainly there are practical things that we all need to learn about how to study God's Word, and that's another message for another day. But you know, one of the verses in Psalm 119 that we didn't look at tonight specifically, but it says, the unfolding of your Word gives light. Just open it. I mean, that's simple. It says it gives understanding to the simple. So you might think, I don't understand anything about the Bible. That's okay. Open your Bible. The light will begin to flow. Walk down the pathway of Scripture. Open heart. Open Bible. And God will start lighting up His Word in your life. You know, I hope tonight as we've gone and just made a few stops with David that we've seen God lighting up His Word in our lives reviving our souls with its sweetness, reminding us how much we need it. And I pray that our hearts are longing to respond. And you know, we're going to enter into this time of worship. The altar is always open. We've already had a lot of people at the altar tonight. It's been beautiful. We've got people here on each side to pray with you. We do that every week. And some of us probably need to come To the altar and confess to the Lord that we have given the words of man much more space than we have given his words in our life. And that we want to cry out to him. Some of us need to cry out to the Lord tonight and say, God, give me a love for your word. Expand my heart. Enlarge my heart. I want to love your word. Lord, I'm like a dumb sheep that goes astray. Open my eyes so that I will behold how amazing your word is. And then make a decision. I'm going to run the way of His commands, and I know that enlarging is just going to keep happening more and more and more. There's a hot now sign over the Word of God. He's saying this is the way. Walk in it, church. Let's walk in it and respond to Him tonight in worship.